Welcome to the Makeshift Podcast, hosted by Chris Powell from Full Steam Designs and myself, Corey Stanley from Odyssey CNC. And tonight we have Izzy Swan from hey the world, <laughs> from everywhere. <laughs> Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina. Nice. How you doing tonight, Izzy? I am better than I was yesterday. I think I'm fighting the same cold that seems to be sweeping the nation. Mm-hmm. So Man. Uh, it's like everybody I know has either had it or is getting over it. And, yeah, you know, this one was pretty brutal, but um, I think I think fingers crossed I'm at the end of it. <laughs> oh, so, glad you yeah. glad you're feeling better. We uh, thank you. We were gonna have you on last week, and we had issues come up, and then I saw you were sick in your stories, and I was like, ah oh, man, we're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to push this off again. <laughs> that was my issue. So you guys you guys are being way too nice to me. I was there was crap loads of stuff going on that day, and my turned my alarm off on my phone because I was in the middle of a meeting and forgot to turn it back on. And if my alarm doesn't go off telling me I have to do something, I forget it. And you guys know I was a half an hour late. Like I was like, "What am I? Oh, what yeah. something's wrong? What am I missing tonight?" Like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> and then I got a hold of you, and Chris wasn't feeling well, and I yeah. wasn't feeling well, and it was just like one of those. Well, maybe this wasn't meant to be tonight, but here we All are right. a week later getting her done. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chris even said he's like, "Man, I kind of hope he doesn't show up because I feel like shit." <laughs> <laughs> Wish granted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was I was hurt last week, but yeah, it's that that I was you got was it the cold that seems to be going around? Is that what you had? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. So we, we I did like a class last week, and the first day of it, it was, it was you know Monday through Thursday. The first day, this one guy is like, "Man, I'm having like hard times breathing. I feel like I'm only working out on like you know half my lungs or whatever." And we're all looking at him and stepping back like. Uh, you might be sick. Like, why'd you come in? You know? And then more of us just kind of started dropping through the week. So, and, yeah, uh, I don't know. Like we grew up in that, you know, uh, Gen Xers, we grew up in that mentality. You go to work unless you're dying. Yeah. You know, and now you're like, man, that was the dumbest thing ever. You know, you go to work sick, get everybody <laughs> else sick, cost the company money. Mm-hmm. And even if the guys were showing up, they were, you know, you know, they were running on 10% instead of a hundred percent. So they weren't oh, getting right. the work done. Yeah, you yeah. know, so it's like, but hey, whatever. Times change. People are getting smarter about it now. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. So, what do you guys got going on this week? Anything cool? Uh, what do you got, Chris? Well, I don't know. I I got my so I had built a power hammer um, for like sheet metal shaping, mm. and I finally got that installed. And man, I had to drill holes in the concrete in my garage to mount it to. And that is probably the worst thing I've ever had to do. Like I've never had to drill holes in concrete before. And I thought, you know, I could just get some, some cheap bit or whatever and use a regular drill. And I, I I actually got a Milwaukee one. And as soon as it touched the concrete, there must've been something wrong with it. Cause the whole carbide just broke right off and like it (laughs) fell right off of it. I was like, all right, I should have bought two of these, I guess. And, uh, screwed around, went and got another one, broke that one too. And then finally went and broke down and, and got a actual, uh, like an impact, um, whatever the like road hammer, hammers. Hammer drill. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, then it was no problem after that, but yeah, it uh, makes it way easier. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of one of yeah, those things I, where I was cutting corners and, uh, trying to do it the easy way and <laughs> ended up. Yeah, my I, life. Don't touch concrete without a rotary drill. Yeah. Without a hammer drill man. Yeah. But Mostly yeah, that's I learned, I learned the way you did the hard way. 
Mm. Oh yeah, that's that's the best way to learn. Sometimes though, sometimes you got to do some dumb shit just to <laughs> make yourself go buy the tool. Oh, hell yeah! And, oh yeah! Never yeah. forget those lessons. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Hold on. Uh, yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, Trying to think what I had going on this week. It's it's a way less crazier week than last week. That's for sure. Uh, we did we finished up those uh, gun stocks uh, we mm-hmm. were working on and got those sent over uh, to those guys. They got to finish them up. They've got like a week to finish them to take them to Shot Show. And then I think I was looking up tickets for that today or tickets for the for a plane ticket. And it's only like eighty something bucks to go round trip from Missouri to Vegas. Which is probably cheap anywhere to go to Vegas. Jeez. They want you to spend all your money. Yeah, there. yeah. It's any anytime you get to yeah, anytime you go into Vegas, it's not that much. Yeah, so. but I was like, man, I can make that happen. So I think they they told me they had a ticket for me, and I'm like, that's not very. I mean, the and I looked up rooms, and rooms are pretty cheap too. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to Vegas next week. But uh, that, and then we Sweet. we sold the the fifth cyclone. Uh, I don't think I talked about that last week, right? Because that was, I think it was right after. I think it was just a couple days ago. Um, but all five of the, the beta testers are sold now. And so now I'm thinking about doing another five to get us through the next couple months while, uh, the testing goes on with those. And then, uh, walk me on the, walk me through the cyclone. All right. So the cyclone is a dedicated rotary CNC. So right now it's a three axis rotary. So you stay on center line and it just wraps the, uh, the wire. Uh, that's cool what path. I've been seeing on your page. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I just gave myself, um, you know, a 15 minute a day allowance on Instagram <laughs> Oh, because gotcha. I would spend, I had like an hour, like the last couple of weeks has been like an hour a day mm. for me. I mean, I'm scheduled down to the nines and for me an hour a oh, day yeah, on yeah. Instagram is way too much. Mm. Yeah. And I've been just like blazing through. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I wonder what he's up to. Like, you know? <laughs> swipe, but swipe past. I only got 15 but minutes. I, right. Right. <laughs> but I've seen him. So I mean, I'm proud of myself for remembering that. Nice. So, yeah, so they're doing pretty good. Like I said, we're we've we've just sold the first five, and so we, uh, you know I've been woodworking forever. I've got a background in machining, and then we just decided we needed a rotary CNC one day, so we built a prototype one out of an old uh, open builds three axis machine, and mm-hmm. then uh, plenty of people were seeing it on Instagram and were like, "Hey, uh, how do I make one of those?" And we were like, "Let's just let's just make our own and sell them," I guess. Yeah, so, what's the what's control software are you using? So we're using um, Spark Concepts, and it's a um, hold on X Pro V5. It's a it's like a Chinese made controller. It does up to six axis, but uh, we're we like some things about it and some things we don't. So we're we've got a few other controllers coming that we're going to try those out too and see which ones we like best. I do like the control software on it. It's a CNCJS and that thing, like if you haven't used it, it's got, it's a free software, like an open uh, source software that is really intuitive for a CNC software. Like you can Ooh. see all your 3D tool pathing and everything and spin it around and put all your macros in there. It's pretty cool stuff. Like coming from Mach 3, it has just as much control, I think. Maybe not a lot of the plugins that Mach 3 has, but it has a ton of great uh, control and the tool path on it is great. You can see all your 3D toolpath and and spin it and around. What, it's what do they have? They have little things that you can add on to it too. I forget yeah, what they call them. Ooh, that is a clean UI, like yeah, a macro. Is that, that what you mean? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, macro is nice. like it's like G code in a little box that you can yep. just hit play on, and it'll run 
that series of G code. So we use it for a touch off probe. And mm. uh, so you just input that macro, hit play on it, and it'll just. And it, it, the nice thing about it is, am I cutting out? No, you're, no, you're good. You're, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I've got the, I just pulled up the I pulled up the UI on one of my. I got a bunch of screens, so if I'm not oh, looking nice. right at you, well, neither just, one of you were blinking, yeah. and I'm like, oh, well, just shit, keep what's moving. going on. Yeah, you get. No, 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 you're good. I'm just like, like if you were blinking about the UI, so I wanted to see it, so I pulled no, it up, and you're right. It is super clean. I don't see the A axis on the on this. Oh, there it is. Never mind. Yeah, you can put it in. Yeah, I think you okay. can actually swap it to to eliminate an axis if you want to. But nice. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty sweet. We like that about yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's that's clean as hell. Yeah. They don't come much cleaner than that. Yeah. Are you using like are you using uh, Spire to write the three dimension the the um the three the, the rotary code and all that stuff? Yeah, I am. The flats. So I like to use Fusion cool. three Fusion three sixty and Vectric, and so I'd like to do it all with one. But Fusion, you've got to upgrade to that multi axis cam um, to actually get like simultaneous tool tool wrapping. Uh, yeah, you're a machinist, so you like the cam in Fusion 360. I'm I do, a, yeah. <laughs> I'm a woodworker, so I hate it. <laughs> I'm like, That's I don't need this much information to do what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. it, it is nice being able to sw- switch back and forth, though, because like Aspire, like if I'm doing a 3D something 3D, I can usually just be like, oh yeah, I'll use Aspire, and it'll throw like a blanket over it, basically, and make a a tool path in, in seconds. But if I want to like right. go in and have a lot of control, I'll use Fusion just to, you know get everything the way I want it. Sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. Is uh, that is that what you use, Izzy? Uh, Vetrix? Uh, yeah, I use uh, Vetrix. I use Sentry. I use um, Fusion occasionally. Mm. Um, I do a lot of design work and SolidWorks when I'm doing stuff for companies, mm. when I'm not working for myself. When I'm working for myself, buddy, I'm in SketchUp, and then <laughs> I'm in Vetrix, and I'm blazing fast at it. Yeah. So, I mean, I can go from 3d model to flat file to CNC in minutes and on most of my projects. Well, so, I know who you're, uh, you're not faster than, and that's, who's uh, that? that's AI. <laughs> no, no. Or Aaron, I'm not faster than Aaron D who, you know, who's been using SketchUp forever and I'm not faster than AI. They're not even close to a chance of that. <laughs> nice. Oh man, uh, this stuff is crazy. I, I, I was, I was following your, your stories this week on you were, uh, having it make you like a, a bench the you know, it showed you all the different styles. You picked one that you liked. I picked one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, uh, it, you had it make you a DXF file for it. So you can cut it out. Uh, did you yeah, ever, that get, was a, did you that's ever get a around to misleading? That's not, there's several different AI programs involved in that process. It's mm. not one. Okay. Uh, so mid journey did the designs. Um, it, it, and via did the, uh, did the kind of the pull apart, like it pulled the, pull it apart. And then I had to, kind of change the aspect, not change the aspect ratio, change the viewpoints. So mm. we use some seed language to make it look at the bench from different angles. Then we pulled some DXF files off of that. Okay. And I still had to tweak them. It was not perfect by any stretch, but it did a pretty good job considering it was my first attempt at it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I was going to do a video about it. And then I saw Pachuto put up a video about designing something that, or building some AI design. And I'm like, all right, it's been done. Never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, it, is, it is super interesting, though, to think about, like, I mean, there's a million different directions we can go in on where AI is going that it's super cool. But, you know, well, you're us, underestimating it, man. It's billions of oh, directions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> so, so you can't even wrap your head around all, all the things that's going to change. It's going to change no. everything. The smartest software engineers I know are going, I don't even know what to do. 
you know, what's, what's happening next. <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah. And it's, you know, but, um, I know I'm not afraid. I know there's a lot of people talking about the fear of AI. I'm not worried about that. So I know a lot of people were, you know, they're talking about, well, what if it destroys human race? I'm like, going, uh, probably not. So <laughs> well, what the hell are we going to do about it anyway? <laughs> it's too damn late. <laughs> Well, not really, because there's no there's no AI like as we're when we think about AI destroy you know taking over the world, we're talking about what's what's called super intelligence. Mm-hmm. We don't even have anything like that. We're nowhere near close to something like that. And I say nowhere near close. We're a few years away from it, right? But um, and the AI that we have now is is all for the most part the stuff that we're playing with is behind behind firewalls and firewalls and firewalls and the only way to access it is to go there and see it it's not open it's not open to the to run the internet and run all over the place it's not that's not right the way this yeah works. the ones we know about but it, it so. makes you wonder if there's people working on some somewhere oh, no, there's yeah there's AI, <laughs> there's AI programs with facebook with google with all your social media stuff there's AI programs in the background there's ai with banking paypal you know they, all that's but that's different than what we're looking at right now and that's ai is this broad term for programs that make decisions you know is basically right. what they do it's not true artificial intelligence in of the fact that it has some kind of dare i say consciousness oh yeah you know it's not like that yet right yeah. and it's hard for people like when you're in mid journey mid journey is a for those of you who don't know it's a program that makes um images so i can go into mid journey and i can just type in Hey, uh, I want you to take a rhinoceros and a butterfly and cross them, make them look like some kind of gothic warrior riding a giraffe with wings. And um, I want the giraffe to be pink and then, you know, make it look photorealistic. And that mid journey does it. I mean, and it does it in ways that you wouldn't even believe, but it, it doesn't just do that one thing. It gives you four different images of that thing and the way it imagined it. Hmm. And you heard me say that right. It imagined it, not <laughs> not it pulled a whole bunch of images together and just smushed them into one file and then popped it out. This program actually imagined what that would look like and then gave you four different representations of it. <laughs> so it imagined it, just like what you and I do, where you know we take our creativity and our imagination and the things we make from our experiences in life, um, from things that we've seen, from, you know, sensory perceptions and we combine them to create the stuff we make. Yep. Um, it's like, here's it, your, uh, it's, it's right. Right. It's doing the same <laughs> thing, but just on a different level and much faster than we're capable of. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what it's, GP, GPT, GPT three, right. <clears throat> and then no, uh, GPT is, mostly uh, linguistics and it's actually that's the, hmm. the worst thing it does that's what everybody's going on about well you can write your video scripts and it will write books i mean i could literally go to chat gpt and tell me write a book about gar- beginning gardening and it'll do a it'll really be a short book but it'll write a book about beginning gardening um you can tell it to write a love tell you want to you, you want to get your girls all excited go over there and say <laughs> write a romantic poem about uh, about my wife and it will write a romantic <laughs> poem for you then I'll, um, then I'll be but, jealous, jealous of the AI. <laughs> Take it easy, we had to come up with a series of questions to ask you tonight, actually. Yeah, I can pull it open. If you guys want to ask, I can, t- I can tell you what it says. It's not hard. Um, 
<laughs> the crazy thing is that's what it's worst at. That's like what everybody's going on and on about is the thing that it does the worst. Mm-hmm. What it does really well is write code. It writes great code in Python, C, HTML. Um, <laughs> and you can literally write code for a website. We've been doing this with uh, some friends, a friend of mine who owns a really, really big web service. And he's sending it to his code guys, writing code with it. You know, it's telling it what code to write, literally giving it a description like you and I would talk for the most part. There's some nuances in the commands, but, and then it writes the code and then we'll send it to our code guys and they're going, uh, this is perfect. (laughs) You know, it's just like, and they're doing, it does it in seconds, like literally seconds. And that's, that's what's crazy. That's what gets all us kind of dorks excited about things. (laughs) Oh yeah. Not that I'm great at code because I'm not. I'm happy. I am now because I can use ChatGPT. But <laughs> yeah, so it's is, crazy stuff. Is it at the point where we can have it write like a G code for something? No. Hmm. No. You can write motor control code for it, but just motor control. Like I can tell it, I have um, an EMA 37. This is the controller I'm using. Write the code, make it move, you know, make it move one direction at a certain speed until it hits a sensor switch and then reverse the speed and come back a different direction. I can tell it to do that. So um, it's almost like a conversational code. It, it's very, like, conver- like, yeah, it's okay. very conversational. Like I, I can tell it that's what I want it to do. I can mm-hmm. just type mm-hmm. it in, you know, I want the, I want this to, con- I want this, you know, motor to turn it X amount of um, rotations per minute, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and when it hits a sensor to turn around and move the other direction. So, I mean, in literally seconds, I can write code that makes a, it makes the motors for, let's say, a, a slab flattener. You know, a slab mm. flattener that rotary that's that's motor controlled. So it just it just understands that I go back and forth when I hit a sensor, I reverse. When I hit a sensor, I reverse. So I mean, you can do things like that really right now with it. Um, I don't know that ChatGPT will ever be the platform that writes G code, but yes, that is coming. Mm. I mean, you can bet your sweet bottom dollar we'll see that in the next couple of years. It's crazy. So how do you think that'll kind of level the playing field on people that are like experts and people that aren't, I mean, they're getting, everybody's getting the same information and almost the same tools to do things with, but like, obviously experience is experience. Like if I did cam or, you know, wrote a tool path and I went out to the machine and do it, I'm going to have an up over somebody who has no idea, but they have a CNC machine and they're like, Hey, uh, AI, you know, write me this tool path. But do you think there's going to be a big, uh, not for years, closing of the gap, not for years and years. Cause here's the, here's the missing link. The missing link is the fact that you and I, we write the G code. We go out and run the machine. We do the holding, the tool hold, the material holding. We run the tool pass. We see the physical results of that. AI doesn't. So it can write code. I can tell it, this is what I want it to do and it will do it, but not understanding the end result not understanding the, you know, sometimes it won't, under, it'll, we can program it holding, you know, to it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to completely comprehend it. So as far as like, you know, basic coding and like, Hey, I want a sign that says, you know, that has a big heart in the middle and it says, I love mom. And you know, no problems there. But the second you get into um, more advanced tool paths, things that require some nuances, mm-hmm. um, there'll be a little bit of an issue there. And then, you know, that, that, that link missing between the physical reality and what a, what, what AI is doing, is going to take a little bit longer to surpass. And when I say a little bit longer, 
I have no idea. Maybe two, three years, maybe five, maybe ten. I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but you know, you, right now there's a whole lot of people nervous, and I think you think about like graphic designers. Mid Journey is just doing a bang up job. You're still going to need graphic designers. I mean, that's not going to go away. Even with AI doing what it's doing now, you're still going to need graphic designers to interpret it, to know mm. how to speak to AI, how to get the results, how to get mm. things that they want. And then AI doesn't understand. They don't understand what's visually cool to us. It mm. doesn't know that I'm a human being and I'm trying to get this certain message or persona across for a business and I need this logo design that has that particular message or persona. It might come up with something close or something really cool that inspires a good designer to finish that process and take it to that next level to really make it a nice, um, nice logo or a nice, whatever that is thing. Um, but you, you know, that's not, you know, and maybe it will get better at that. It will definitely get better that over the years to come, but I still think you're going to need that human interface. Mm. And I, I don't believe that that human interface will ever really go away. Um, I could be wrong. I'm not that smart. Uh, but I don't see that human interface really going away because there's that barrier, there's that, that language gap between what AI can do and what, what humans perceive. You know, yeah. things that technical writing, that's on the chopping block. Audio engineers, guys, if you're audio engineers listening, I'm sorry, that's definitely on the chopping block. <laughs> that's, these, are the, these are the guys that are going to, these are the, the jobs that are going to go first. When you think about computers, we had the same thing when computers started coming out, especially when Windows 95 hit, where there were a lot of bookkeeping services and a lot of jobs along those lines. But computers just blasted them out of the water. They were just no longer relevant anymore, you know. Um, and that's going to happen with AI, and there's going to be a shift and a transition. And, you know, I mean, welcome to the human, the, the evolution of the human race. It happens all the time. Right. So it's, yeah. just, it's just a shift, and um, it's a little scary. So knowing what you know about how it's going to shift, what would be your best advice to makers on how they can get ahead of the ball or really use it to their advantage? Uh, do you have, I mean, you might not know enough well, about yeah. it yet. You know, but. No, 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 no. I mean, you can use it now. I mean, um, if you're a woodworker and you're a really talented woodworker, but you're not that great at design, get on mid-journey. You know, type in, I want to build a rustic, whatever. I want to build a rustic bench. I want to build a fine piece of whatever, fine furniture, give it some parameters and you don't have to know coding. You literally talk to it like you would be describing it to a human being. That's how you talk to, you know, mid journey and it will put back some amazing ideas and fast. So you get on there, you learn how to use it. Uh, mid journey works through discord. So you have to use their platform to, to work with mid journey. Um, but it, all of a sudden it starts just popping out all these ideas and these ideas are going to give you really great, you know, inspiration and concepts for build projects. Um, you know, you look at, uh, you look at some of the other things, like uh, if you want to design a logo and you don't have the money to go pay a professional or you're not, you don't want to use Fiverr. Um, you go just type in, I need a logo for a woodworking business that specializes in this and then type in photorealistic after it and hit enter and it'll pop up some logos and give you some inspiration. So uh, there's ways we can use it right now. I, I, you'll see, in the next six months, woodworking businesses or fabrication businesses popping up that let us build your AI designs, you know, like you, your AI designs that will build it for you. And in, you know, a year or two or three or four, um, when AI is writing G code, imagine that customer experience, customer goes into whatever AI program it is. We'll call it mid journey for right now. I want to, I'd like a modern 
you know, I like a modern, um, whatever sofa table reminiscent of, you know, the imperialistic period. And, you know, with these colors, it poops out some ideas and then you pick one that you like and you go, okay, um, I would like this made. And you push another button and it pops out the 3d model, the plan sets and the G code. And then you press send, it sends it off to a CNC company and the CNC company sends it, cuts it out and sends it off back to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's business models there. There's a lot of business models based around this technology, especially for makers that are not afraid of tech, you know, that are interested Mm -hmm. in the the CNC and um, that. And there's even guys that aren't, there's still, you know, these build crazy, crazy builds that somebody wants built. And if you AI designed it, you can build it for them. You say, Hey, I can build that for you, you know? So you'll see that coming um, in our industry. You're going to see that specifically. Um, but do you think you know, this will level the playing field between smaller shop makers and big industry makers? No, I mean no, not at all. No, the only thing that levels that only thing that levels that field is grit. Gotcha. It ain't got nothing to do with AI. <laughs> It ain't got nothing to do with anything. It's got how it's got to do with grit and how willing how, how willing someone is to bust their ass. Nice, that's yeah, all, like that. That's what it takes. Yeah, I can so, see that. There's a lot of lazy people trying thinking right now how they can make some money off of it, and they might make a little money right up front, but in the long run, ain't gonna last. Right. We we so. talk quite a bit on here about how basically how how small shops can kind of try to compete with bigger shops in the way that we have CNC machines and robots yeah. and. And shit like this at our disposal, but having an AI and access to it, I mean, that ups your your education level anyway of being able to compete, maybe. Well, it, yeah, and I, I mean, I get where you're going with that, but I mean, you know, bigger shops that have graphic designers on staff and can work with content, work with people for like signage, stuff like that, maybe it helps a little bit. Um, but those big companies, you know, they got there for a reason and it yeah. wasn't. You know, so competing with them at, you know, I don't necessarily think you can, but I think you can do some of the things that they're capable of doing. Right. So maybe you can do some of those projects for customers and they don't have to go wait, you know, six months or a year to get one of the big shops to do it for them. I mean, that's right. definitely a yes. Yeah, I guess I don't necessarily mean like one small shop versus a big company on their own, because obviously that's not going to happen. But I'm thinking more of like, us as a maker community with all the resources we have and all these small shops that are, you know, really well geared all together and working together can upset kind of how the industry is like these giant companies to get most of, most of the work. Not at all. Yeah. I'd love to say yes. I really would. I want to <laughs> say yes, guys. Um, that's not possible. Too many creative minds, too much disorganization, too many, too many fingers all over the place. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, too I, many, too I many feel like the, Miscommunication, yeah. I feel like the real personalities. Yeah. I feel like the real benefit to like us smaller guys is going to be in the time saving of, you know, letting it, you know, kind of do some of your footwork where it helps you design stuff and it it, it yeah. just makes your process a little smoother, you know. Yeah. So I think that's where we're really going to be able to benefit from it. And I mean, I even big companies, I think that's where they're going to be able to benefit from it too, just, you know, time savings. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, when you really start thinking about it, there's really nothing wrong with being a small company. In fact, yeah. in our climate, you're probably a lot better off being a smaller company, one, two, three employees that could shift fast. Yeah, small, lean company. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 
um, because those big companies, you know, it's like trying to turn a freaking Mack truck as, as you know, as opposed to trying to trying to turn a Prius. Pretty easy to, you know, curve around something with a Prius. Mack truck, not so much. Because yeah. you have just, yeah, you got so the size, that momentum, everything going behind it when it comes to making fast changes. So it's the little guys that stand a lot better chance of surviving, you know, some of these things that are coming down the pipe yeah. than the big guys do. That's you know, kind of my thought on it. The, the big companies might have a lot of dead weight or like you said, they have less maneuverability. They've got yeah. a, a whole chain of command they got to get through before they can make a decision. So. Yeah, that's that's really where the small company comes into play. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to make small companies very prosperous and really successful. So if you're a small company, maybe it's not dreaming about getting super big, but just be learning, like figuring out how you could be more profitable, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, that again, that's back down to busting some hump, doing, you know, be, just having the grit to put the work in and, um, you know, I, I would say the most successful companies are the ones that are ready to fail. You know, just if you're not, you know, if you're, if you're not making mistakes, you're not doing anything, you know? So that's, but I think that's what I always tell people. My superpower is I am willing to put myself out there and look like an idiot and fail a hundred times because I know out of that hundred times, 10 of those times are going to succeed. And those 10 times are going to more than make up for the 90 times I screwed up, you know? So yeah. just be willing that's- to be willing to fail, be willing to fail spectacular and don't be afraid of doing it publicly. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good advice. So how many how many so you sell products yourself and, and you're manufacturing oh, yeah. them and, and everything. How many have you had that were, you know, failures or what at least what you would consider a failure versus how many you actually, you know, still are making? All of them. Probably failures at some level. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I mean I Define failure for me. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, I, I guess, I would see a failure as something that wasn't and it wasn't viable anymore. Or there was there was no more reason to you know follow down that path. Well, um, not to give away all our secrets, but you know, we design things that are simple. We 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 don't get into complex stuff. I design specifically. I mean, I've got lots of ideas that are complex, but we don't do that. I try to keep things simple. Mm-hmm. Um, we do some A-B testing, um, you know, what what's working better, what's not working better. We put it out there, and some things succeed, some things don't. We just – and I'm not a good marketer. That's one thing I do really piss poorly. Um, I'll show a product once and go, hey, look, we make this thing. It's really cool. We can do this. Check it out. And then I never talk about it again. And I just, <laughs> it, lives, it lives on my website. Mm-hmm. So some of the products that we've discontinued, that's on me because I haven't talked about them or promoted them. Um, you know, so. I feel I like we've say, heard that before with other people that we've talked to about this same thing that, that yeah, yeah. they've been kind of, you know, just put it out there and let it go and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I consult for two investment groups. I'm on a, I'm on the board of a, of a green, I don't even know what to call them there. It's, it's the board of a green initiate group called um, the Tryon group. Um, I have a couple other businesses I run. I do YouTube videos. I do product design. I design products for some tool manufacturers, <laughs> moving a lot more towards designing products for manufacturers. In fact, we just sold uh, our quick locks to MagSwitch. <laughs> so that's the thing. MagSwitch will be making our quick locks here in the next few months. Um, so, I'm, you know, there's a lot going on. So to, to see a product that's underperforming and then try and push it, 
a little more to see how it does for me is kind of like, yeah, I'm, and it's a failing of mine. It's not a good thing, guys. Um, I'm just on to the next thing and I'm ready to let that go. So, you know, that's, that's typically what we do. Um, our big successes have been, um, obviously the quick locks have been a really big success for us. The infeed tables have been a big success for us. Mm-hmm. The X clamps, we sold the woodpecker tools. Woodpecker tools is now manufacturing those. Um, nice. So we're excited about that. Um, and there's a half a dozen products that I designed behind the scenes that nobody will ever know I designed because, you know, I'm sworn to secrecy in some, you know, in some way, shape or form that most of you guys know about, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you're, if when you're always moving on to the next thing, that stuff that's left behind, I've got one of those minds kind of just gets left behind. It's not necessarily a good thing, but it is just the way I operate. I guess it's kind of like a uh, like a filter, right? The really good things are going to make it through the filter, and the other things they're just naturally going to collect. And you might look back on them and learn something from them, but they weren't the more, most important thing to you. Yeah, and I always feel like the products that are going to shine are going to shine regardless. So it's like the quick locks and the and the X clamps and the in feeds. I mean, I've done a couple videos on you know where I used them. I haven't done like. You see some other content creators that are like promoting the same product over and over and over and over again. It's like the one thing they've got, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure they're doing well with it, and that's great. I'm not I'm not picking on them. I don't want anybody to please don't think that. It's just that that's the, what they've got, and you know when you're doing twenty or thirty different things all at once, you, the stuff that isn't performing really well you kind of let go, and the stuff that shines on its own is what you keep. You know, like that. You know, like the quick locks over the last couple of years. The quick locks, the X lamps, the infeed tables have done real well for us. Have shined for us. It just hasn't needed a lot of energy put into it to continue to be a winning product for us. And those are the kind of products I really like, and I want to. I really try to specifically work towards designing more like that. Um, but you know, we've got where we're at now. We're kind of. Hmm, I guess I could talk about it here. We're shifting our whole channel now. We've been doing woodworking specifically for a decade now on YouTube. And it's time. I know I always said after 10 years that when I hit 50, I was going to retire. I'm going to be 50 in three months. So I was like, I'm, I was going to retire. But I think what we're going to do instead is kind of shift our format. We'll still have some of the woodworking and stuff. And the next thing will have a lot of woodworking in it. But we're moving more into sustainability and what that looks like on a on a, um, a long-term scale, you know, and I'm talking about living, Maggie and I are going to retire in a smaller home. We're not going to live in a big, you know, this isn't super big, but you know, it's 2,700 square feet old farmhouse. It's beat up as hell, but we like it that way. Hmm. We're going to move into a smaller place. Um, some of the things that I'll be doing is I'm, I'm designing an entirely enclosed ecosystem. So think of a house that doesn't need a foundation, well, septic or power and hmm. everything is included right into that one ecosystem. And that's that's where I'm headed with what the ch- what I want the channel to move towards. Nice is looking at, looking at that technology, what that technology looked like. Do it in the greenest way possible. Um, you know, you can't you can't be 100 percent green. It's not it's not possible in this day and age to be 100 percent green. Period. I don't care what anybody says, unless you're <laughs> you know you're going to sell everything, go out in the woods with a hammer and a, you know and a, and a book a box of matches and try and make a go of it. But um, so we're shifting our whole channel that direction. So that means a lot of folding furniture builds. That means designing some small, tiny, some smaller homes, designing these systems. Some of these systems I've already designed, like like my water acclimation. I have an atmospheric water acclimation system I designed years ago that I want to implement now, and we're going to be doing that. 
things like that with the future of the channel. So nice. we're actually going to be doing a video talking about that in the next few weeks. Well, don't worry. Like five people hear it on here. So it's not like the cat's out of the bag or anything. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so that's, that's kind of where we're, that's the pipe we're headed down and the product stuff isn't going to stop, but we're shifting that. So nice. Yeah. Um, like our templates, we have a gentleman over in North Carolina that will be manufacturing and fulfilling our templates. Um, you know, our quick locks are moving on to mag switch Our infeed tables may go to the same guy over in North Carolina if his hands aren't too, already too full. If not, we'll be, we'll be moving those off to somebody else, and we'll just basically set them up the same way we do affiliate links. Like, we'll just take a small percentage, and they sell, fulfill, do all that stuff, and we'll direct traffic all to them. And we have other products coming out that'll be similar to that, if that makes sense, that aren't, aren't big enough to go to, like, a tool manufacturer, but too big to just not do anything with. So we'll be doing some stuff like that as well. And um, we're hoping that we can help others, you know, through that avenue, help them gain some, some traction in the, in the CNC world, help them build a business. So um, that's kind of our goal is with the, to keep doing the product stuff, keep sharing it with our audience, but, you know, work with really good people that, that, you know, after spending some time vetting them and hand the product over to them and uh, help them build their business. I mean, what's better I was, you know, what's better than being successful, you know, that, but while helping others be successful, that just, that's a super exciting, um, you know, to me. So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's really that cool. is a, it's a super interesting concept though. Cause mo most makers, they, they dream of that one item they can make. That's going to make them big, that one thing. But, you know, from your, your point of view is you, you're making all these little things or, or little improvements to people's shops that you can kind of toss off to somebody else that can scale them and, and take off with them. So if you had to give advice to makers on that, on like what's the best way to approach or I guess negotiate with people like that? Does it just take experience of just, you just got to learn it the hard way or. Well, there's something that there's something for set there's something to be said for sure for, you know, learning, um, you know, learning things, the, the rough way um, experience is the best teacher hands down. There's no, there is no um, replacement for that, but mm -hmm. um, you know, it really just depends on what you want to do, guys. I mean, uh, you know, anybody that's listening, if they're interested in doing more, you know, let's say uh, CNC is just a really good example to pick on. Um, if they want to do more CNC work, uh, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in parts manufacturing. Mm. That's a tough game to get into, but you know, if you go to the manufacturing expos and you're there's always manufacturing expos all over the country everywhere mm -hmm. two or three times a year go to these manufacturing expos see what people are doing seeing if there's a need there that you can fulfill talking to people putting yourself out there making those cold calls everybody loves to make cold calls um <laughs> you know developing a network and that means again that means going to the shows going to the, the manufacturing expos it means talking to people in your area local manufacturers seeing if there's a niche that you can fill for them you know they could do that and with manufacturers and that's really you know honestly the some of the best money to be had in the cnc world is the most boring it's making the same part ten thousand times <laughs> oh yeah you know um but then you got sign companies sign companies don't always have cncs they don't always have an operator um and sometimes they do have a guy they work with but you know a lot of the times you know you know he's like well, you know jobs are getting 
far behind or he's slacking or they're slacking or whatever. So you can usually pick up some work there. Again, that's a numbers game. You got to hear 10 no's before you're going to get a yes. <laughs> so, you know, just be like, all right, I know I'm going to go out and talk to 20 people today. And if I get two yeses, I did really good. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just part of it. It's, and that's the one part I think a lot of people fail and it's just uncomfortable. Oh yeah. You know, until you, it's like anything else. So, I mean, once you do it a bunch of times, it no longer becomes uncomfortable. Mm. It's that first initiative of getting yourself to do it and hearing those first hundred no's that sucks. But after a while, you just get used to it. It's like, this is just part of the program. It's, you know, it's no skin off your nose. They're not, they're not picking on you and it's not a rejection to you personally. It's just, that's not a fit at the time. Yeah. And always leave a card, always leave a flyer, leave a website, whatever, because I can't count how many times a year later or six months later, I get a call. Hey, are you still doing that thing? We could really use some help in this area. We're getting behind. Can you help us out? Um, so some of those no's turns into yeses down the road. Um, and that's both with manufacturers, sign companies, mm. and then, you know, wedding props. That's a great industry to be in making, you know, goofy wedding props that don't sell them to the wedding services and lease them to the wedding services. Mm. So you're doing the work once and leasing them out all the time that you need nice. a little bit more storage space for that. But that's baller <laughs> money guys. Oh, yeah. And I'm, ta yeah, yeah. I'm talking, if you go see what some of these things rent for, for these, you know, weddings and, and um, receptions and stuff, that is good money. Y'all, you could easily turn that into a very healthy six figure income a year. If you're willing to go talk to, you know, yeah. go to these places where they're selling wedding dresses, go to wineries, go to any venues that have weddings booked all the time, you know, leave your flyer, leave your card, tell them you can custom make anything. Um, <laughs> you know, those are always really good ones, you know, as far as business platforms for CNC technology. Yeah. So. Yeah. We got a place down here in Charleston and, uh, I, I found something for sale online and had to go pick it up and I walk in the, in the place and it ended up being, you know, a warehouse for all sorts of wedding stuff. And that just talking with the guy who I was getting it from that turned into, you know, what could have possibly turned into kind of a business venture if I, if, if I had wanted to pursue it, you know, cause they yeah. do need stuff and they need, they need people to make stuff and they need, you know, lots of and it. So that said, you don't have to see, have a CNC to make, you know, oh, yeah. stuff for weddings. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, most people know, I, well, not everybody does, but a lot of people know I owned a rustic furniture company up until 08, and I owned that for 15 years. And we did really good with that. You know, that was we were make, making great money. At least I thought it was great money. And um, all the time, we'd get hit up for making an arch for a wedding or do this for this, you know, and it was always from higher-end clientele. So we were like, we would give them some ridiculous number, and they almost always said yes. So it's like, let's build this today. So <laughs> you don't have to have a CNC. You know, it, yeah. it's not, that's not, uh, a prerequisite. So don't, don't anybody listening that's interested, don't think you have to have one to do that kind of stuff. Um, you can make it yourself. CNC's just make it a little bit more easy and you can, you know, a little bit more accessible as far as being able to, the capabilities of being able to get things done at a quick pace and for a good profit. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Chris, did you say you had a, a list of uh, AI generated questions? <laughs> Oh, they're terrible questions. <laughs> That's why they're, they're so uh, great. Yeah, so it actually it uh, 
Are you on ChatGPT? Yeah. So I started out and I said, uh, what should I talk about with Izzy Swan when he comes on my podcast tonight? And it, and it says, Izzy Swan is a well-known woodworker and YouTube star. You could talk to him about woodworking projects, his experience with different tools, his tips and tricks for working with wood, his plans for future projects, or even his experience with starting a successful YouTube channel. So I'm just very flattered kind of, that I didn't even know who I was. I mean, it, it, it clearly knows you well, because then I asked what questions specifically I should ask, and it kind of threw out the, you know, generic questions, but it definitely knows that you're a woodworker, and, you know, what advice would you give to aspiring woodworkers, and you know, what's the right biggest on. challenge, and all that stuff, yeah. That's a loaded <laughs> question. What kind of aspiring woodworker? What kind of projects do they want to do? How much experience do they have? Yeah, I, I guess I gotta fine tune the uh, the questions that I ask it. I get a quick, I get a big kick out of all the beginning. These are the tools you have to have to begin woodworking videos out there. I'm like, I'm just <laughs> oh, watching. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? If you really want to start woodworking, you need a dull screwdriver and a rock. But you're a woodworker. <laughs> you know, you know a piece just, of wood. <laughs> right. Well, you know, there's there's some there's some fallen branches in the backyard. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, unless you're in the desert, in which case you're probably SOL. But <laughs> I want to find a different different form of media there to work with. <laughs> yeah, maybe you know clay sculpture or you know some you know I don't know what do they what do they work out with there? It's cow poop and straw. I think is how yeah, they build stuff. Adobe well, is, or something. Yeah, that, yeah. That one guy's got a, a really big channel doing that, where he just digs out like caverns in the ground and makes them a palace. <laughs> like it's crazy. Right. I've seen some of those videos. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like they put it in high. They put it in high speed, and they're like digging with a little tiny shovel, and then you know they fade out, and fade back in, and he's got like a ditch done that would take a big, you know, big earth mover six hours to do. Yeah, so. <laughs> you don't see that in the background. They 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 crop that out. <laughs> I've actually heard stories about that. That that they say that there's a lot of that going on in the background. Oh, really? You know, yep. yeah, where they record a little bit of, you know, what you see and what they record and everything. And then they do have earth movers and stuff come in and, <laughs> and they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But Yeah, yeah I've seen a lot. I, I got into a kick like that about six months ago on YouTube where I was watching some of that. And that ended up in bushcraft videos where guys are like walking out in the woods and building these forts with like a, you know, they, I mean, they had all kinds of different stuff, different axes and saws and hand saws and stuff. And they're. And like they're getting millions of views, and I'm looking at that going, the guy sat like for an hour. These videos are an hour, hour and a half long, and they're not talking. They're just like, here's a video of me cutting the wood. Here's a here's a video. Here's a clip of me stacking a piece of wood on top. Here's me <laughs> mixing some mud and smearing it in the cracks. And then I'm gonna make you know, and then I'm gonna pull out a can of spam and fry something on my skillet with some tomatoes and potatoes and eat that. And that's the whole video. And you're like, why did that get four million views? I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm a I'm a broken fat guy, and even I could pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird how you you never know what's going to take off, and I don't know. All I've found to do is when something does take off, just double down on it. But I guess that's what those guys do too. But yeah, I've never learned that lesson. I know <laughs> I should. Like our sawmill videos, anytime we do a sawmill video, it gets millions of views, and I've done like two of them. I really need to do more sawmill videos if I'm just in it for the numbers, but hmm. I don't know. It seems boring to me to do more than you know, to do one every year or two and I'm good. So yeah. Move on. But. Yeah. That's the other problem too. You know, they, everybody will tell you, you know, 
again, double down on it and whatever. But yeah, if it's boring and it's not what is exciting for you, then yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, anymore, you guys, it's not like it used to be on YouTube and I'm not picking on YouTube. YouTube is a business platform. They got to make money. They got to grow to stay alive. Content creators, the same thing. I'm not picking on anybody. Um, but it's, you know, I don't know. It's not the same. YouTube used to have a real community feel to it. Now it has mm-hmm. more of a competitive feel to it, you know, and that's, I, that's the natural part of progression. That's just what it is. But anymore, I, I feel like, I know there's guys coming into YouTube now that are making it, you know, look at John from, uh, you know, John over there at Lake Street Woodworks. He oh. just balled it out for the last year and a half and he's just past 200,000 subscribers and his views on almost every video he get are just, he cranks them, but he, that boy studies the analytics. He studies what the what's trending. He study. He knows what's going to get uh, garner attention. You know, he'll he, his thumbnail crafting and title crafting is off the chain. Okay. You know, and he spends hours of work. I'm not willing to do that. I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know, all of his videos are scripted down to the us he puts in the video, and I'm like, nope. I'm jumping in front of this camera, and I'm gonna look like a fool because I'm not scripting it. So. <laughs> But um, it's working, you know, and it's become a very competitive place. Yeah. You know, I think when I got started, there might have been 20,000, 30,000 DIYers, and now there's millions of oh, yeah. DIYers out there that you're competing with. It's yeah. crazy, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, if, it felt like before you used to just be able to do stuff, but now it like it has to have a, like a hook, you know, something to catch people, you know, yeah. catch their attention yeah. and then... And, and, you know, even when you got their attention, then you still got to keep their attention because there's yeah. just so much. Yeah, this actually has been a good thing for me as far as like I have, I, it's forced me to get better at editing, which I'm still not very good at. <laughs> um, I used to solely rely on kind of like, and I hate to say shock factor, but you know, I mean, here's a dude making a bowling ball on a table saw. I've done <laughs> that. You know, I made a round bowl. I, I was the first guy ever to, you know, to make a round bowl inside and out on a, uh, on a table saw, you know, we did decorative, decorative, uh, spindle legs on a table saw catching a theme mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, we just did all kinds of, cra- I made a, I made wooden, wooden balls to juggle with, with a circular saw completely around wooden balls. <laughs> you know, so- I was doing all these crazy things and I was just showing people stuff they'd never seen before. And my editing didn't matter. Mm, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, a little bit, but it wasn't super important. People were just, just like, what's going to happen next? It's not enough anymore. Hmm. It's not, you know, content is still king, but it's not enough to really garner the kind of attention it used to get. Hmm. You know, so, there's a lot of a lot of stiff competition out there with editing and content and understanding the thumbnails and how titles work. And you could have, there's some talented, mega talented woodworkers out there that are getting absolute crap reviews because they don't understand thumbnails or, you know, titling or any, and it's just, you know, I don't either. It's just that I thank God grew and grew big enough before it all happened that I still get a little bit of attention. <laughs> but, um, so when people ask me how to do YouTube now, I'm like, I, I don't know. Go ask John. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I met him last year at workbench con and, uh, you know, he gave us his background and, and I think he was in marketing, or yep. whatever, it's like sales and marketing, and and he just kind of transferred all those skills over, and like you said, really researched everything, and and yep. uh, he did, he had it like written out, like this is my plan, you know, and that's the plan that works for him. It, it's probably not going to work for everybody, but he tailored it to work for him, and yeah, that uh, 
It's a challenge, boys. I mean, anybody listening, it's a challenge. And I'm not, I'll be the first one to tell you that it can be done. I mean, look, you know, John did it. Um, Mm -hmm. There's others that are doing it. Uh, You know, Jason Bourbon Moth, I mean, he's doing build videos still and still getting banger views on build videos, which very few people are getting killer views on build videos. That's a really tough, that's a tough one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But like anything else, YouTube ebb and flows just like life does. It'll come back around where build videos start being a thing again. Mm -hmm. That's what people are watching again. Right now, it's the... You know, it's the, you know, high form overview videos, like best dust collection practices that are getting mm-hmm. all our views. Um, 10 tools that you can buy for under 20 bucks are getting tons of views. You know, those kind of things. It used to be if you put table saw in a title on a video, you're going to get good views. <laughs> you, know, just, you just had to put table saw in there somewhere. That's not so much true anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, the other one that's becoming really popular is, you know, girls in tight pants um on there and i hey you know more power to them and i'm not talking about girls specifically i'm not picking on them you see a lot of couples that you know the 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 partner is always in the thumbnail and wearing Mm -hmm. something not seductive but enough seductive enough and that's working and you know that just goes back to the old marketing tactics and a lot of people don't want to hear it these days but the old marketing tactics that sex sells and it's still that's still true today y'all i don't care oh yeah I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a millennial, if you're a Gen Xer, if you're a baby boomer, it still works, mm. you know? Um, so you got those tactics that are working pretty well and I'm not picking on them for doing it. If I was, if I was a good looking, you know, I'd wear a bikini or a spandex too, but I, you know, I, I want to keep my subscribers. <laughs> I'm, Peggy, I'm thinking of a thumbnail. Peggy's over here going, I will never do that. I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> unless I'll, we do a, unless we do a DIY hot tub video, then you have to. So I'm I'm just picturing Corey in a thumbnail for the, or in a uh, bikini for this thumbnail. Ooh, sorry, Corey. <laughs> hey, I don't mind as long as AI generates it. <laughs> I look forward to those. <laughs> uh, if you get on Mid Journey, this is a fun one. If you get on Mid Journey, you see a lot of people uploading pictures of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then, like, dudes are turning themselves into, like, Viking warriors. So it's, like, their face on this giant muscular body that has absolutely no – and their face has no absolute, absolutely no business on these bodies. They're doing stuff like that. And it's, you're just looking at that going, really? You have this much power at your fingertips, and that's what you're doing? Come on! Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that, that's got to be our – our new thing, though, Chris, is we've got to have an AI-generated thumbnail for every episode mm. from now on. <laughs> Just put yeah. in key things from the episode and leave mm. it up to the AI. That's a good idea, yeah. That's I'll pretty be funny, the, though. That'll be the time savings for me, because then I won't have to come up with it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. No, it's a, it's going to be an interesting ride, guys. I, I didn't think I would see it in my lifetime, but more and more it's looking like I'm going to get a chance to see a lot of some some of this crazy stuff that's going to happen in the next 20 years. And I'm like, I'm excited to see it. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, AI, you know, super intelligence and all the stuff coming in. You know, I know Elon Musk was talking about some of that and um, I don't know. Everybody's got their own opinions. I don't think it's a, I'm, I am not too concerned about it. I know a lot of people are, but that's just my view on it. I keep thinking that if this thing really, if there does become this super intelligent AI who's self-aware, whatever that looks like, um, you know, we don't go out of our way to step on ants. I mean, unless they're under our feet, right? We just don't. We avoid mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Pretty sure it's going to be the same situation. <laughs> We're just going to be the ants. 
So, so they, just stay out of the way. <laughs> the, the, the AI overlords may treat us better than, than we treat ourselves. So No, honest, honestly, you want, you want something terrifying? What I think would probably happen is that AI would integrate with us. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I can see that. You know, mm-hmm. why would a super intelligent being, you know, commit itself to this life in this weird ether of the inter- electrical interwebs when it can interface with an independent creature that can walk around, feel, touch. It doesn't have to build robot bodies. It can just be part of them when that's already existing. Yeah. So that's what I think if that's worst case scenario. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think we have to worry about self-destruction. Wrong, we probably wrong. do have to worry about, you know, some kind of symbiosis. Cybermen. <laughs> right. And maybe that's not bad. Maybe AI jumps on board and we still have our consciousness and maybe we live for 500 years and get to get really, really smart and learn a lot of cool things and have lots of cool experiences. I don't know. <laughs> or we There's, float or float around in those hover chairs like and I guarantee you out of the five people out of the five people listening to this podcast, one of them right now will be listening to this screaming in the background. No. <laughs> um, uh, you know, who knows? I, I none of us are smart enough to know. I know some really super smart cats in the engineering world, the software world, and they're they're just sitting there with their hands in the air going, I don't know. Just don't know what's happening next, you know. It's it's kind of, it's kind of a crazy shift with all of this, like knowledge coming our way that like, or like a way that we can be smarter, even if we're not, you know, with AI, but then there's also like the VR stuff that like you can escape into a different reality if you want to. And it's going to, I think be an interesting shift to see, you know, who thrives in which reality. (laughs) Yeah. The people that want to stay here and do cool stuff or the people that want to go into the the new reality and do cool stuff there. I don't know. You can't really say what you're Let me, let me me pose, let me pose something to you and your audience and something to really chew on and think about. Um, And this is not to the, 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 the negative side of AI, but the potential positive side of AI, because AI has, an incredible amount of potential for the human race. Let, let me pose one, one, one thing here, one little query. Um, imagine in five years, AI can create these virtual environments instantaneously. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you take our educational system today and I'm not, if you're, you guys are teachers or whatever, I'm not picking on anyone in particular, but we take young adults who are meant to have all this energy and curiosity and freedom. We shove them in a classroom because it's convenient for us. Mm-hmm. So we have to go to jobs, and this is the way that we've always done it. Yep. They sit in a classroom for you know five hours a day and goof off for the other three hours a day. So they're gone eight hours a day. This is not an environment that they're functionally designed to be in as human beings. And that's how we educate our kids. And we get we're a pass fail environment. We instill fear, you know, through testing and other parameters, and we teach them to be these consumers. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's and I'm I mean that's what we do. I'm not. I mean, you know, anybody that does looks at education will agree with me. You know, some, there may be a few that don't, but now imagine this in five years from now, let's say five years, we have this super intelligence that can instantaneously design a VR world, virtual reality world that is designed specifically and predicated to the child's proclivity. So if the kid is interested in dinosaurs or, or, or monkeys or ponies or whatever, this AI, this super intelligent AI can design this world for this child. And let's say this child happens to have ADHD or dyslexia or bipolar or whatever, you know, quacks are, are calling, saying our kids have, you know, these days. Um, that super intelligence can design 
the educational experience around that child's um, trigger mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So now we have this kid who would normally be kind of an outcast of school, would be falling behind, would be challenged all the way through school because it doesn't fit into the, you know, doesn't fit into the basic social parameters of what we call edu- our educational system to now, um, now our capabilities rather than social parameters. Um, and now we have this super intelligent um, thing uh, designing the entire educational experience for that child. So all those pass fail things are gone. All those stresses of learning are gone. It becomes a, it becomes a program designed specifically for each individual child in the entire country or world um, to educate him upon their triggers or her upon their triggers, upon their interests, upon the things that the AI learns that they learn best at. We'd be educate. We'd be putting out high schoolers that are 15 times smarter than high schoolers today. You know, we'd be putting out much more confident, much more creative, much more capable human beings. And those are the kind of people that are going to fix the shit show that we've created ourselves, you know, for what, what we're in right now. So yeah. there's, there's, there's really a good, a lot of potential there. And there's potential for medical field. There's potential for engineering. There's potential for longevity. There's potential for cleaning up our environment. There's all these potentials of really good things. And there's one bad and the bad is everybody's like, well, what if AI takes over? You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot to think about. And if anybody says they're smart enough to know what the outcome is, they're lying to you or they're just, you know, they're batshit crazy. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think I like to hope that we the, 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 the good stuff happens, you know. Um, yep. So there, there's my rant. It's over now. Thanks for putting up with it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, it does. And I think I think that would be perfect. You know, that's that's the biggest complaint about education that people will say that it's not, you know, tailored for this person or that person or whatever. So I mean, that sounds like a great solution. Yeah, and if you have an, you know, you have something like AI, artificial intelligence. Again, I want to be very clear that we are using AI as a general term. There's lots of different types of programming out there right now that we're calling AI. Right. Um that can learn and it's it's not just for children it's for the adult experience too if you want to learn something new and maybe maybe in the future we only have to work 10 or 20 hour weeks we don't have to work 40 80 60 hour weeks to provide a sustainable living for our family maybe that's a thing and it's most likely a thing because a lot of jobs will be replaced so there'll need to be some kind of balance there Mm -hmm. um and we have these interests and passions maybe we could take a deep dive into what our personal interests and passions are and we have the assistance of the super intelligence to help us learn and grow as individuals as well. I mean, this could be a pretty damn awesome place at some point, in the, you know, in the not too distant future. Yeah. So and that's gonna... what I want to focus on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a big lie, but I want to think pretty thoughts. <laughs> so. See, our, our well, generations I... that, that come before the AI, we're going to be the biggest pains in the asses because we're going to be like, you know, just well, we didn't have AI back in our day or, you know, just like (laughs) just giant pains in the asses. You know, my grandfather is a prime example. Computers just kind of started coming on the scene just before he left the scene. And, um, you know, he thought computers were the worst thing that ever happened to the human race and that it was going to ruin everything. And, um, and look at what it's done. It's made the world a much smaller place. I mean, we can, any one of us now can talk to anybody pretty much anywhere in the world for the most part with, you know, 
unless we're in, you know, a communist state where they really control the internet. But <laughs> aside from that, you know, and I can get on a podcast from, you know, three different, you know, three different locations across the United States and talk to some pretty cool people. Um, you can get on, you can get on Google chats and talk to people all over the world at the same time, live streaming satellite imagery, live imagery coming from the satellite of earth, you know, all while learning about, you know, AI or talking to chat GPT or whatever. You could do those all at one time simultaneously. My grandfather, there's no possible way that he could imagine that. Yeah. You know, there's no possible way that he could have imagined that. So what, so for us to think of what we can imagine that's coming next is, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of times people always think the worst of stuff, but I think they also forget that, you know, thou like really on, on the grand scheme of things, thousands of years ago, wasn't that long ago. And we were living in huts and, you know, caves. your, your, your waking time was you work, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's slowly been scaled back to where we are now, you know, and, and everything does progress, seem to progress and get better. So, yeah. You know, well, when you think about the human condition and where we came from, and like you said, not that long ago, um, fear is what kept us alive. So we tend to be still, even, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand years later, afraid of things that are we don't understand. It's why we have a hesitation to walk into the dark <laughs> because we don't know what's there. We're, we're no, just, I, I'm not kidding. Yeah. No, I mean, just, you know. I'm, I'm seeing a rep representation of us like, Poke an AI with a stick as a caveman, like <laughs> right. No, <laughs> to do. That would be amazing. Yeah, somebody needs to make a cartoon of that. AI needs to make a cartoon of that. Um, but you know, I think you're right. I think you know, um, you hit it with the nail on the head there. It's just it's about fear, things that we don't understand. It's easy to be afraid of things we don't understand. I mean, that's where that's where a lot of the negativity in the human, you know, the human thing comes from you know it's like you know discrimination and race and hmm. it's not necessarily that we hate a person yeah we just don't understand the culture right or you know they there may be something in that culture that turns us off or whatever but we don't understand the whole thing so we just go straight to what we always do we go straight to fear because mm -hmm. that's our protection mechanism um, i don't think ai is going to be any different i think there's going to be a lot of talk about the fear of it and i'm not saying that there isn't a threat uh, please don't, anybody listening, I'm not saying that AI does not potentially represent a threat because that is totally possible. Um, because I too, like anybody else, have fears uh, because I am human, you know, and I worry about my, my children and their children and that kind of thing. And um, you just got to make all the right steps towards the future of a, trying to create a positive place and not a negative one. We know what you're really doing, Izzy, and you're already kissing ass to the AI. <laughs> so that you're it's damn right I am. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, but please um, be nice to me. Not yet. AI's not quite there yet. So, <laughs> but I don't know. It's been it's been an interesting few last couple months, and um, I, I suspect the next you know handful of years are going to see some. Excuse me, just absolutely ridiculous advancements in the technology and capability and, um, you know, especially on the cusp of this economic um, situation that we're in, who the hell knows what's happening next? Mm, <laughs> so, right. you know, I mean, 
you know, if you've my the my favorite movie of all time is the first Jurassic Park. I was 19 years old when I saw that. I saw the opening day in the theater. Hmm. So and I'm about to turn 50, y'all. So <laughs> wrap your brains around that. That <laughs> came out uh, 31 years ago. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, I remember that the uh, the actor was like, uh, "Hold on to your butts." You know, oh, yeah. you remember that line? Do you guys remember that line? Uh-huh. And uh, I think we're in that situation. I think I think we're into the hold on to your butt situation. <laughs> Let's see, you know, we're in for a ride. Um, mm. Next comes yeah, it's, the, uh, it's gonna let's be go faster. Let's go faster. That's the next race. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, you know, it's kind of cool that we're here. I mean, yeah. you know, I got to live through I got to live through some major changes in 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 the human you know the genome of the race, and it's uh, you know we got cell phones. We got computers, you know, we got AI, we got mock speed, you know, we went to space, <laughs> you know, um, we put, we put astro, we put, um, robots on fricking Mars. Right. I got to live through all of that, you know? And when I was born, I mean, you know, the technology hadn't advanced a whole lot in the last 30 years from the time I was born till, to, you know, before that, it was pretty much just slight improvements on, what we already had. I mean, I grew up with a four party, a four party telephone line. If you guys, I don't, do you guys know what party lines are? Uh, the thing you used to call into, right? No, no. It, it means huh? that four houses <laughs> shared the same telephone line. Oh, wow. So, yeah, no. I mean, you could pick up the phone to call grandma and, you know, miss, miss, miss Miller, you know, our next door neighbor could be on the phone and she liked to talk. Damn, so it could Miller. be three hours before anyone in those four families could actually pick up the phone and call somebody. And when the phone rang, it rang at all four houses. So you'd pick up the phone and be like, I'm trying to get all so-and-so. So a lot of times you'd pick up the phone, there'd be four people answering the phone. <laughs> that's, that's, those are party lines. And um, when there was an electrical storm, you did not get on the phone because that was no joke. You would die if, uh, <laughs> if lightning hit the phone line. It would go in through the phone, into your brain, and kill you dead. Jeez. That was that was a real thing, you know, um, to where we're at today. And, you know, I'm young enough that I'm going to get to see the next 20, 30 years of AI. And I'm excited about I'm excited to see where the future goes. I'm a little scared. Yes. If any if, if you're not scared of the future, then you're dead. Um, but um, it's, it should be it should be it should be a fun ride regardless. Oh. Well, this podcast was not about woodworking at all, was it? I, I think we mentioned it once. We, we don't really do just woodworking. Yeah. <laughs> We're all over the gotcha. place. Fabrication, technology, yeah, it all falls under the, the same. This might yeah. be the most appropriate episode for the name of our podcast, though, with being the makeshift. This is the biggest right. shift for the makers, probably. There you go. And so you, you heard it here first, people. Yeah, we were, we were ahead podcast. of it. If you're, if, you're, if you're a maker and you're interested, go check out, you know, for design, check out MidJourney, mm-hmm. check out Stable Diffusion. Um, ChatGPT is easy to get into both MidJourney and Stable Diffusion. You have to access through Discord. And some of you will understand what I'm talking about. A lot of you guys my age will not have a clue what I'm talking about. You're just going to have to get online and do a little research. Yeah, that's that's the stage I'm at right now because I went in there and first I tried to figure out what Mid Journey was, and then I had to figure out how to use Discord. So yeah, I don't even understand uh, what Discord is still. Yeah, I'm I'm a little behind, but I'll get there. Discord is like a it's like it's like Instagram for nerds. It's just a chat. It's just a chat bot. You get in there and you can chat back and forth. All the kids are using it these days. It's 
it's like a fast paced Reddit, so to speak. I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, that's probably a 50 year old way to put it. But um, nice. my son was sitting over, he'd be like shaking his head and be going, no, dad, that's not what it is. But, um, you don't even you know, know, dad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, he would too. He'd be like, no, that's not, that's not how it works. But yeah, I get, um, it's a chat, I, it's a chat bot. I got added to the discord from my school that I was going to. And I was like, um, that's how I knew I was the old guy there. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, everybody's using it. They know how to navigate it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? Like, ha- where, who's talking? <laughs> where are these Maggie, comments Maggie, coming from? Maggie pulled it up for me. It says, Discord is a free communication app that lets you share voice, video, text chat with friends, game communities, and developers. Huh. It has, holy cow, it has hundreds of millions of users. That's a lot. <laughs> making it one of the most popular ways to connect with people online. So there you go, guys. We're straight from Google's. I had to look it up. <laughs> it's really nice having a Maggie. Now. Everybody needs a Maggie, so she keeps me in line most of the time. Nice. But, um, no, it's um, it's fun. So, And I think there's a lot of power in AI for the maker community, you know, if we look at it from the right perspective. Mm-hmm. Um from design, I think specifically from design right now, uh, for content creators, for me to go and get one of my videos, a professionally audio engineered 500, you know, 10 minute video, 15 minute video, I'm looking at 500 bucks bare minimum. And that's, you know, um, I mean, like really professionally, I'm not talking like Fiverr, you know, some guy on Fiverr, <laughs> not that there aren't good engin- audio engineers. Um, now I can get it done by AI in 24 hours and it costs 10 bucks and it's as the best quality you're ever going to hear from any audio engineer. That ha- that's right now. That's, that's um, kind of one thing I, I wonder if that's how the shift's going to go though. Is it, is it going to be pay to play how smart your AI is? Like you have to pay for different levels of how much, you know, knowledge you can get from your AI. Uh, you don't pay enough for the, the 100 IQ AI, you've got the 58, 50 IQ. <laughs> oh, your answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> no. no, I mean, everything's I mean, pay to play. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want your lights on, you got to pay a power bill. That's true. You know, if you want, if you want to eat, you have to buy groceries. Um, the computer, everything on the computer is a service of some kind or other. It's designed by somebody, it was programmed by somebody. Some They, they have their families to feed as well. So it's, yeah. they got to. They got to do something. Either they sell it to advertisers, they sell space to advertisers, or they sell it to the customer, or they do both, depending on their business platform. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll always be that. You know, I mean, you know, you, a Chat GPT. They haven't messed around with it yet, just because they're only a forty day old company. But they just got they just got <laughs> you know valued at three thirty billion dollars in forty days. Jesus, that's the biggest. That's the that's the largest assessment in the history of tech ever. That's Forty days old, and they got they got a thirty billion dollar um, assessment in forty <laughs> days. So that's like you know just shy of a billion dollars a day. Um, there's there's gonna be so many crazy massive shifts like that. <laughs> yeah, and if you know if corporate gets their hand on ChatGPT, you're gonna start seeing advertisements, and it's gonna cost, and there's gonna be you know all the stuff. So um, I'm trying to look up the name of that audio one, so you guys I could share it with you guys. Hmm. Give me just a quick second, and I'll pull it up. Well, while you're is that doing the one that, that they, they uh, sorry, Chris, before you get to that, is that the one that they used um, 
to get Amy Winehouse's like they they made a whole album for her based on her like discography or maybe it wasn't an album maybe it's just like a, a song or two but they took like all of her music and were like hey make a Amy Winehouse song and it was like dead on like you know her her vocals and everything it's pretty wild yeah it's it's going to be hard for people to unless that's what you do for a living to keep up with it like us, us normal schmucks that actually have to like you know you sweat and draw a little blood and actually work which you know i i'm sure i'm getting some sneers out there i actually do that still y'all <laughs> <laughs> no maggie does it all we've seen your stories <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly I swear to God if Maggie if it wasn't for Maggie I would sell out and go buy a tent and go fishing. <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding. She she handles. I mean, it's it's amazing what she does. Awesome. Uh, trying to pull up that. So. Well, while you're looking for that, let me go ahead and thank our patrons because mm. that's something that we do every episode. So we actually have more than five listeners. And we actually have 22 that support us on Patreon, which is pretty crazy. So uh, we read their names out every week. We've got Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, Hatch Made It, Ed Johns from ButtJoints.com, uh, Junkyard Jewel, Green Street Joinery, Michael Nye, Vincent Ferrari of Digitally Creative, Brenda, Chad's Custom Creations, Mike from Pixels to Prototype, Toby Mural of UK Knife Maker Supply, Henry Davis of HD1 Metalworks, Woodland Iron, David Beckwith, Matthew from Artigino Serio, Jake Largan of Metal Chef Customs, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, Uncle Sam Metalworks, David Wood, The Grant Alexander, Austin Saunders, and new this week, we've got Bradley Harrison, which is Brad's Customs. And he does like a little bit of everything. Make sure you check him out. Uh, he does, you know, woodworking, metalworking, a little bit of blacksmithing, all sorts of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we thank appreciate you all you those guys. Brad. Yeah, thank you, and and the rest of our patrons. Brad just got into that new group ch- or the group chat, so we're uh, getting to know him. I just want to clarify something. That is way more than five people, y'all. That yeah, that's that is. <laughs> yeah, but they don't all listen every week, so. Okay, all right. Just as long as we're clear on that, they fill each other in in the group chat. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Is that how it goes? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, that's that AI software is called Sound Sound Lift, one word, hmm. and it's uh, ten dollars for up to an hour of audio. Hmm. Yeah. That's crazy, and. Um, I don't know how often I'll use it because usually I'm editing my videos five minutes before I put them up because I'm like a last minute guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm a part time procrastinator, so I mean it's like oh god I get this done, but um, you know 20, 24 hours in advance is a long time for me to think. But uh, yeah, crazy stuff, guys. Oh yeah, cool. How long have you guys been doing the podcast now? This is episode thirty one. Oh yeah, it's thirty one. Yeah. So I don't know six months. Right? Yeah, half a, year, like that, a little yeah. over half a year. Yeah. Cool. Haven't missed a week yet. Even even last week when I wasn't feeling so hot, finally <laughs> got a little one in. No, it wasn't a great one, but. Well, I saw the title. I, I saw. I was looking at it. I saw the title. I was like, I was. I was wondering if we were going to cruise that topic tonight. <laughs> so I think that's the topic of a lot of podcasts right now. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's it is. Good. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. I don't care what kind of podcast it is. It's they're probably talking about it. So. Yep. 
but I appreciate you guys giving me a platform to, to share my, you know, insane ideas and rant for a little while. Well, we appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Yeah. So. Thanks for joining us. This is a, this, this is a, probably one of my favorite episodes so far. Yeah. I say that to everybody though, but <laughs> well, you know, if, as long as the episodes keep getting better and better, then you've got nothing to worry about, man. If you're, you know, if you they each, the next one's your favorite, then you're doing great. So, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. That's really really cool. You guys got anything else? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, thanks again for coming, Izzy. We really appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure. All right. All right, All right. boys. Yep. We'll catch you night. later. Yep. You too. Right. Bye. Bye. See you.